Big time recruiting news for Syracuse basketball and the class of 2023. J.P. Estrella, the four-star target, has canceled his official visit to Duke just ahead of his official visit to the Hill. Here to talk about it, Mike McAllister of SI Syracuse. All that and more on Locked on Syracuse. Let's do it. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome. It's Locked On Syracuse. I'm Brad Klein here alone. Bones is off tonight. He had bigger and better things to do. Spare a ticket for the Subway Series. Can't blame him. But I'm not truly alone because Mike McAllister is here and back. His second round, second appearance on Locked On Syracuse, at least this iteration with us. No Tim Leonard, no Tyler Anki, but that's okay because we're going strong. Mike, you, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time. Absolutely, Brad. Thanks for having me on. And of course, we're locked on Syracuse, your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Mike McAllister of SI Syracuse, the absolute man when it comes to, to Syracuse basketball recruiting news, and especially with 2023 right in Syracuse's scope, J.P. Estrella seems to be the A1 target, and this has to be good news for Orange fans. There's no question about that. I think everyone pretty much considered Duke to be the favorite once they offered, got involved, and it felt like it was going the way of a player from the 2022 recruiting cycle, Kyle Filipowski. And there were a lot of parallels there. Filipowski was someone that Syracuse offered, Syracuse recruited. They were going to get him on campus for an official visit, seemed to be one of the favorites to land him. Then he absolutely blows up (laughs) and Duke offers he shoots up the recruiting rankings and Duke makes him a priority they get him on campus for an official visit and he commits to Duke this was sort of similar JP Estrella Syracuse was the first school to offer him back at last year's elite camp they recruited him ever since Syracuse stayed involved with him and then he has a big spring slash summer on the AAU circuit and he blows up starts moving up the recruiting rankings I believe and on three he's a top 20 player and he's going to move up you know in 24-7's rankings he's pretty high on rivals I mean everyone has him very highly ranked Duke offers among other schools Kansas and Tennessee and some others and then they start to prioritize him he schedules an official visit. He also had one scheduled to Iowa. And of course he has one scheduled to Syracuse. So, but the, the prevailing thought was similar to Kyle Filipowski. This was going to be a Duke wants him. Duke's prioritized him. Duke's going to get him. And that (laughs) happens that because they're Duke, but the reason here, I think is almost irrelevant. Why is he not visiting Duke? Is it Duke's choice? Is it, Uh, Is it J.P. Estrella's choice? Is it some combination thereof? Is it a mutual split? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. This is an elite recruit. This is a big-time player. This is a guy with a ton of upside. Now, he's not a finished product. He is not a um, five-star, plug-and-play, 30 minutes a game right away type of a player. But he can certainly play a significant role right away. 
but you eliminate Duke from the equation and all of a sudden the presumed favorite and presumed landing spot for one of Syracuse's top targets is eliminated. Now, all of a sudden, if you are a Syracuse fan, you're saying, wait, could we actually end up winning this battle? And they absolutely can. Now he's going to take an official visit to Iowa before he gets to Syracuse. And Iowa is a very real threat. But there's no question that the elimination of Duke from the equation, because the other side of this is it's not canceling the official visit and he's scheduling it for a different weekend. He's canceling it and not expected to visit at all. So that is huge news for Syracuse, huge news for their chances of landing him. And I think should should get Syracuse fans legitimately excited about the possibility that they could actually end up landing this player. It's Mike McAllister with SI Syracuse here. I'm Brad Klein. Bones is off tonight, and we're talking about big news for Syracuse basketball, and that is J.P. Estrella, four-star recruit 2023, a guy who described himself on this podcast as a Chris Stapps Porzingis-like player. Go check out the full episode. It was from a couple weeks ago, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And you mentioned it, maybe not available as a 30-minute-per-game uh, guy, as a 20-point score, 15-point score even right away. But he's got that ability, he's got that height, and he grew big time in high school, and it's helped him skyrocket up the recruiting charts, and Syracuse is high on him, and maybe right now the inherited favorite after Duke or potentially JP dropping out on Duke. But but this to me, and you mentioned it, it, it might not be something that matters. Syracuse basketball fans should just take it and run. Okay, good news, Duke is out, and we don't have to compete with them. But me... I'm a curious guy. That's just my nature. Duke is the New York Yankees of college basketball. If they call, I don't care who I am. I'm picking up the phone, right? So why? I know you don't, you're not JP Estrella and it doesn't necessarily matter, but everyone wants to know why isn't he going? Why isn't he checking it out? Yeah. And you know, I, I said he's not considered a plug and play 30 plus minutes. I mean, what the heck do I know? I mean, you know, he could get here and play 30 minutes a game. I, I mean, you know, if, if, if he picks Syracuse, uh, yeah. but yeah, he, he's, he's very talented. So, you know, who am I to put limits on, on what he could do at, at wherever his college destination is right away. But as far as why he canceled Duke, um, he's made it pretty clear that he does want to play his freshman year. And Duke has, um, I believe they've announced that one of their young guys is going to red shirt and they've got, you know, Kyle Filipowski's coming in um, from last year's recruiting class who we just talked about. And so they've got some depth in for, at the, in their front court. So I don't think that this is a, you know, necessarily a um, situation where all of a sudden he doesn't like Duke and is like, ah, screw that. I don't want to go play for them. I think it's more of you take a step back, you look at the situation and there's, perhaps not as, as strong of an opportunity for him to play right away at Duke as there is at a Syracuse or an Iowa or, or another school like that. So I, th- I think that certainly played a factor in it. Duke is always recruiting at a high level. It could be related to the fact that maybe they think that they're getting someone that they have higher on their board that they weren't expecting to previously. Um, there could be a number of those factors, but they've certainly recruited him as if he was their guy. They told him he was their guy. They've told his, his coaches and those in his camp that he's their guy. So the last minute cancellation seems a bit odd, but that usually speaks to either a realization on the recruits part that, 
but perhaps the opportunity isn't going to be there for me right away. And if you go to Duke and you don't contribute in year one, you get recruited over and, and can get forgotten about. In yep. a place like Syracuse or Iowa, they now Syracuse has in the past recruited some elite prospects, don't get me wrong, but largely as a program, you have to do some more development than a Duke or a Kentucky that just basically recycles the five stars that they're landing every year. And those are the guys that are playing a Syracuse or an Iowa. You have to take the guys that are perhaps not quite at that level or just a half a tier down and develop those players over a year or two. And they're more two and done types as opposed to one and done types. So it's probably some combination thereof. Um, I don't know that we'll ever know the exact true story, but usually in recruiting, stuff along those lines or why official visits get canceled kind of last minute. Right now, it seems like JP Estrella to Syracuse makes a lot of sense saying Syracuse was his first offer and we spoke to him on the pod. It mattered to him. He's from the Northeast from Maine. He's the number two player in the state of Maine. He's a center. Syracuse needs a center. Then again, when do they not need a center? Um, But then again, there are a lot of other teams in on him. You mentioned Iowa, you mentioned Tennessee and even Kansas He has 17 Power 5 offers, and that does not include the Big East schools that are in on him, and those are legit contenders, you would think, as well, especially for a guy from Northeast Maine, right? So who is Syracuse's number one competition here for J.P. Estrella, and why might they not get him? Yeah, it's it's Iowa. It's definitely Iowa. Right now, the plan is to visit Iowa uh, this coming weekend, uh, the the weekend of uh, the 29th, and then he's going to take an official visit to Syracuse the following weekend. And then he's going to go home, take a step back, discuss things with his family and his, his camp and his coaches and all that, and decide if after those two official visits, he's ready to make a decision. And I think if he does at that point, you feel like Syracuse from a Syracuse perspective, you feel good because you get the last word, right? Yeah. So you get, you get to make the last impression and that can a lot of times play in your favor. It doesn't guarantee anything, obviously, but if he decides to take more visits after that, that's, I think Syracuse should, should feel like your, your chances are are probably waiting, but you know, if, if Kansas can talk him into that, if UConn could try to talk him into that, um, you know, perhaps they could try to, uh, you know, get him to take an official visit there before deciding. But as it looks right now, it's probably going to be an Iowa versus Syracuse battle. They've both recruited him for quite a long time. Um, Loyalty and relationships are very important to him in part of this recruiting process. So I think the length of those recruitment certainly helps those schools. But if Syracuse doesn't get him, the main reason I think is going to be because Iowa did a better job at pitching a immediate playing time and yep. B the ability to develop talent at the center position. Now, Estrella is good enough that I think he could play at power forward. If, if Syracuse, the thing that Syracuse can pitch is look, we got Jesse Edwards this year, but he's going to have a big year and he's going to be gone. He's going to turn pro. And then, yeah, we've got other guys on the roster, but that spot is not solidified. So you'll have an opportunity to either earn the starting spot or play a lot of minutes as a backup. So that's going to be the pitch. But then to also say, because of our zone, you could play with those guys and play at the four potentially on how some of the roster shakes out. So Syracuse has an opportunity to pitch some of those things, but can they pitch the developmental part of it? 
look at Jesse Edwards and how he's developed over two to three years and how much better he is compared to where he was before. Um, whereas Iowa's going to try to pitch, um, you know, Luca Garza from just a couple of years ago. Like he was national player of the year caliber player. That's what we can turn you into. So that's going to be the interesting part of it. If Syracuse loses him, it's, it's going to be because Iowa did a better job at their pitch than Syracuse did at theirs. The other thing I think that Iowa is going to mention is, Hey, we just recruited a center a couple of years ago who was actually from Albany. And he had Syracuse and Iowa offers. Both schools wanted him and he picked us because the kid in Syracuse's backyard trusts us more than them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought that up. Why wouldn't you? It, it could be a selling point. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that player, Riley Mulvey is his name. Um, actually, his family had a, a relationship with the Iowa coaching staff, and so that played a big factor there. But um, either way, the, the pitches are going to be fascinating. He's also told me, um, that when he's going on these officials, he's also looking at how the players interact with each other, the culture right. of the program. And that's where I think Syracuse showcases itself as well or better than almost any other program on, on some of these official visits, especially when you take a, a school like a Duke or a Kentucky out of the equation, because the players going over to Bayheim's house and all hanging out and, and the barbecues and whatever else they do, it, it shows a family atmosphere. I think the the fan base has that reputation of being very close-knit and rabid, and you see what they do with Bayheim's Army with guys that haven't been on campus in six, seven, eight years, and, and they still go out as if you know it's a national championship game. They're there at, at OCC. Um, I think all of that helps Syracuse, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the pitches end up playing out, but I, I certainly think... Mm-hmm. Uh, the coach's abilities on from both teams, Iowa and Syracuse to hammer that home and make that impression on Estrella. That's going to be a huge factor in, in where he ultimately picks. I hear you. All this sounds like good news for Syracuse. Let's take a time out here and talk a little bit about some exciting news. And that goes for the locked on Syracuse fans, because I know that my fans, they want to make some money and, and I'm the same way because bet online is about to do that for you. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all of your favorite sports and events, and the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews, news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, Live in-game betting is no exception. Scores and podcasts, they've got you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. We are here. We are with Mike McAllister of SI Syracuse giving us some awesome insight into the J.P. Estrella news of uh, this week. And that is, if you're listening tomorrow, if you're listening on well, Thursday, on Wednesday, yesterday, J.P. Estrella canceling his official visit to Duke just ahead of his official visit to Syracuse. And that is a big weight off of the shoulders of Syracuse fans. Now, I want to touch up on something, follow up on something you just said, and that is uh, talk about the development of Syracuse centers, right? And as far as the pitch for Estrella and how it relates to Iowa. Because to me, I think Syracuse might lose out on Estrella if they treat him like another center that they've recruited successfully or not in the past. Estrella is, like I said off the top, more of a Porzingis type. He can shoot. If you start comparing him to 
a Jesse Edwards or Barama Sidibe, you might lose him because he wants to be able to use that outside portion too. So is there anything that Syracuse can do to offset that in your opinion? Yeah, I think when you talk about the development, you say you you clarify what you're talking about and you're not comparing the games um, to each other in that if you come here, we're going to mold you after Jesse Edwards. You're not discussing that part of it. You're saying, look at how how much improvement he has shown over his three years here. That tells you our coaching staff's ability to develop players in general terms, not that we're going to coach you up and treat you the same way that we did with Jesse Edwards. What you can point to is, listen, we've had outside shooters here that have been very successful. Buddy Bayheim is an example. Joe Girard can shoot. You can point to some of those players. You can even point to some stretch bigs that you've had over the course of Jim Beheim's coaching career that have had success. Um, you can even look at, even though he wasn't a three-point shooter, but Marek Dolajai was not a traditional center, but he had to play there because of injury. And they said, you can say, we went to the Sweet 16 with that, with Marek Dolajai wow. playing center. Yeah. He's not a center. But he did, and he was skinny, he was undersized, um, and he got beat up inside, but we figured it out and made it work. You're coming from a, a spot that you're much further developed as a center than he ever was, probably still is now. And so we can put you in there and use your skill sets, but the development of different players that, that Jim Beheim has had over his career can show a player like J.P. Estrella that yes, we believe in our development. We're going to show you examples of our ability to develop players of all different skill sets. And that should offset some of the, well, he's not Jesse Edwards. He's not similar to that because Iowa can look at a guy like Luca Garza and say, when he came here, he was skinny. When he left, he was not, but he had a versatile game where he could stretch teams out. He could hit the outside shot. He could run the floor. And we think you can do all of those things too. Syracuse has to be a little bit more creative in that they don't have in the last handful of years, the guy that they can point to, to say, this is what we see you as, but they can certainly speak to their ability to develop players in a general sense and develop players of a variety of different skill sets. And they can point to Jim Beheim's long history of developing players at his position, at other positions. And the other thing I think that they should say, we mentioned the Sweet 16 run that they had a couple of years ago. I don't believe that Coach McCaffrey's ever been out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. In I'd his have to check that, but I know that they I, I thought I had heard that somewhere history. that that's, that's the case. So if, if Syracuse is going to have a huge leg up in their pitch, it's not only can we develop you, but you got to actually have a chance to do something meaningful here. You have more exposure. You're going to be on television uh, much more than Iowa basketball is going to be. You'll have a legitimate chance to make a run in the NCAA tournament. They never do. And you're going to be within driving distance for all of our home games for your family to come see you play. Right. That's not going to be the case at Iowa. So I, I think Syracuse does have a strong case, and I think that's how they sort of navigate the, yeah, you're not Jesse Edwards, but we can still develop you, and here's why. I'm going to ask you this question, and it's not directly related to J.P. Estrella, 
it's just the thing that bothers me the most about Syracuse athletics, to be completely honest with you. And I'm not calling for anyone's job. Alan Griffin is a good basketball coach with a really, really good basketball mind. But if I'm J.P. Estrella and I'm six foot eleven, and by the way, he says he's still growing. If I'm a still growing center, and I'm I want to learn how to play center and eventually get to the next level through college, I don't know how attractive a former guard as the Bigs coach is. I know that Griffin is not the lead recruiter; it's Red Autry, but that's part of the sell that you're going to work in this unit with this coach, and I'd imagine that Alan Griffin is going to be a big part of that official visit coming up next week. So does that hurt Syracuse? I feel like it has to. Well, it's going to hurt in that. So teams negative recruit other teams all the time, right? That that happens in every sport of every recruiting prospects ever. When you're battling another team, um, you're going to negative recruit that other school to a certain extent. This is why you shouldn't go there. This is what they're not telling you about that school and why it's a bad, why it's a bad fit for you. Well, part of Iowa's pitch as to why Syracuse isn't a good fit for you. I think that's central to their negative recruiting pitch. It's that your big big man's coach is a guard center, but here's how Syracuse combats that. It's actually pretty simple. Say, yeah, I'm a guard. I just developed Jesse Edwards. Just yeah. did just now in the last few years, I developed him from a guy who came here, couldn't get on the court to a guy that when he went out with injury last year, our season fell apart mm. and he's yeah. going to be the centerpiece, regardless of whether it's going to be him or, or Jesse Edwards. This is what your pitch is, right? He's going to be the centerpiece of our team next year, a center and look at how much better he is now. Versus what he was when he came here. All developed by this guard that... Why would you want a guard developing? Because it's about skill set. It's about how you coach and teach. How you develop. And Alan Griffin is good at that. And here's the other part of it. During official visits, one of the other things that they often do is film sessions. They'll do film study. And he will walk through... These are the types of things that we do. This is how you fit into this. These are the types of things I see you doing in our system on both sides of the floor. So Alan Griffin will have a direct opportunity. And because Syracuse gets him last also helps, right? Because the negative recruiting is going to come up front. Yeah. And then Syracuse gets a rebuttal. Yeah. They're going to get a rebuttal. They're not going to get, here's all the things that we think is going to be great for you and why you should pick us. And then Iowa's coming in afterwards and said, yeah, but you're being developed by a guard and he goes oh i never thought of that he's going to think of that before he gets to syracuse and alan griffin's going to talk to him and he's either going to say oh yeah okay this works or he's going to say i don't click with this guy but right so yes i understand why that's viewed as a negative for syracuse but i think the fact that he's just developed jesse edwards is what he can point to to say didn't hurt him it, it didn't and and that i think is where Syracuse has a chance to rebut that. But I also want to just, just a quick comment on the lead recruiter situation. So yes, Red Autry is considered coach Adrian Autry, the, the associate head coach, he's considered the lead recruiter, but every, every recruit that Syracuse targets and prioritizes, it's all a collective effort. So yes, Red may be the main point of contact, but McNamara went to hit, went to some of Estrella's games by himself. Uh, there were games where they had multiple coaches at the game. 
uh, Griffin's gone to games. Bayheim's gone to games. They're all texting with the recruits. So it's it's very much a collaborative effort amongst the whole staff, regardless of who technically is the leader. Sure. No, that's that's good to know. That's that's really good to know. A lot of people will look at the twenty four seven page and say, oh, "Okay, well, Red Autry's the guy. I hope Red Autry doesn't mess it up because if he does, it's Red Autry's fault." No, I, I get yes. that. that. That's that's good to know. It's good to to hear for our listeners too. Um, not just in the last answer, but I feel like you keep on repeating the name Jesse Edwards, and for good reason. He was fantastic last year, most improved player in the conference last year, and Syracuse completely disintegrated without him after the uh, wrist injury. Yes, yeah. wrist injury, yeah. Uh, for a second, I thought hand, but I just realized that was my brother, and I got him confused with Jesse <laughs> Edwards. They have nothing else in common besides that. But uh, Jesse Edwards is a- absolutely crucial to this team. Where would Syracuse basketball recruiting, especially in the center position, be without Jesse Edwards? Or or more specifically, with a uh, not as overwhelming leap for Edwards recently? I think it makes the point that you made about Alan Griffin and a guard being your position coach as a big. I think it enhances that perceived negative uh, part of of Syracuse in that, yes, you can point to the coaching staff as all alums and not only is it all alums, but it's all um, players that played for coach Beheim, the head coach, uh, which is extremely unique uh, across the college basketball landscape. Uh, yeah. Those are positives of, of the, the coaching staff, each player or each coach individually, I think you can point to and say, these are why I think he's a good recruiter. These are why I think he's a good coach. But if your big man's coach is not someone who has a history of developing bigs, right? Is Bernie Fine wasn't a division one big, but sure. he had a reputation of being a good big man coach because he had a track record and a resume. He had done it over a long period of time. And he had, I coached Ronnie Cycli, I developed him. I had Derek Coleman. I had, you know, he can point to guys right over the course of his career. These are all guys that I coached and developed. Uh, Griffin may not have that lengthy resume, right? That he can point to and say, yeah, I know that they're going to tell you that I'm just a guard, but these are the seven different guys that I got to the NBA. He doesn't have that. But the fact that he has Jesse Edwards and it's as recent, like it's, it's literally happening right now, right? Right. We're we're still seeing it. That is the ace in the hole that he has to combat what you outlined as and accurately as what is going to be the negative when Syracuse is recruiting bigs that other schools are going to point out. And without the development of Jesse Edwards, I don't know that Syracuse has a comeback for it other than, well, we've had good centers under coach Bayheim. But if you say, well, the last good center you had was a King Christmas and Griffin coach Griffin was not on the staff at that point. So every center you've had since then hasn't really been very good. Right. So what are you doing here? You know, so, so Jesse's development, which Griffin deserves a ton of credit for um, as Jesse does as well. I think that that makes Syracuse recruiting at the center position. It makes Syracuse a viable option for, players like JP Estrella and combats the huge negative that other schools can point out. It is extremely significant um, in terms of Syracuse ability to recruit the big position. 
That's Mike McAllister, SI Syracuse. As always, we appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Absolute goat right there. Some great insights, some great analysis. So we we really thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. That's Locked On Syracuse, your first listen every day. We encourage you to make Locked On ACC your second listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Candace Cooper's the host, and she, I'm going to call her the goat too, but since Mike's in the room, I'm going to call her goat number two, but, you know, A1, A1, A1A, 1B, however you want to find it. Candace Cooper, local experts, Locked On ACC, taking you across the league in 30 minutes or less every day. She's great. But we're great because we bring on Mike and you got to surround yourself with greatness tomorrow, more greatness. And that is Matt Bonaparte back on the program. And we are back with you again, free and available wherever you get your podcast, Locked on Syracuse. Thanks for joining us.